don't know if you realize it, but we've just been singing about the now and the not yet of the kingdom. Um, we've been singing about that, the now and the not yet of the kingdom. We we're singing, come Holy Spirit. That's the now. That's what we sing. That's what we pray. That's what we say. Um, when we want the Holy Spirit to come and we wait for, for God to do things. So it's come Holy Spirit. And then come Lord Jesus. Come. He is coming again. He's coming again. And uh, we're waiting for that, for his second coming. But in the, in, we are living in the now and the not yet as well. We're still waiting for Jesus to come. So we've just been singing about that. Father, as we come to your word now, just pray and ask that you would open our hearts to receive, our ears to hear, our minds to understand what you want to say to us. Lord, come. And fill this place with your presence. And let my words be your words. For your words become my words. That I'll speak what's on your heart for us today. Come and speak to each one of us this morning. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, today I'm breaking away from the kingdom series we've been doing and I'm going to speak on something that I've only spoken on twice before since taking over the leadership of Grace Vineyard. I'm not sure how many of, re of you read the weekly email I send out and saw the one paragraph that was in red writing. If you did, then you, go, then you know what I'm going to be talking about today. If you didn't read it, okay, maybe it's a good idea to read them. I don't do it just for fun. I do them to inform us, to tell us about what's going on in the church, and hopefully you will take on, on board. So today I'm speaking about fasting. There have been a number of sermons preached on prayer in our time at Grace Vineyard, but as far as I know, I've only preached twice on fasting. So that's what we're looking at today. Now, why speak on fasting now? when we usually do a 21-day fast at the beginning of the year in January, where we, we, we're invited by the leadership team of the Vineyard UK and Ireland to, to fast for the first 21 days of January. And we, Jill and I subscribe to that. We encourage you to do that as well. And this year we, we were fasting Monday to Friday for the first, we did 21 days of that. So it went through just over three weeks. Um, why speak on it now? Well, we want to encourage you and ask you to fast and pray from Ascension Thursday, which is this coming Thursday, through to Pentecost Sunday, which is 11 days later, and join the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, around the world that participate in Thy Kingdom Come. It's an initiative of the Archbishops of Canterbury and York that has been happening for the past seven years. And I'll say a bit more about that, about thy kingdom come at the end. So to prepare for this, to prepare for this 11 days of prayer and fasting, and I know it's a short, it's short notice to prepare you, I want to look at five questions on fasting. If you've never fasted before, if you've never really understood what fasting is all about, hopefully this will help you. Are we still called to fast? Now who is called to fast? When do we fast? How do we fast? And why do we fast? Oops, 
You need to just click. Right? They all there. Right click, right click, right click. They all come up. Yeah. So, are we still called to fast? Or is it just an Old Testament thing for the Jews? Throughout the Old Testament, we see the Jews being called to fast. In fact, they had three specific days of fasting in their year. And I don't want to look at their tradition now in answering this question, but rather to look to Christ as our example and teacher. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. This was just after he had been baptized by John the Baptist. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. Jesus fasted 40 days and nights, and then he was hungry. Not thirsty, but hungry. And I'll say a little bit more about that later. In the Sermon on the Mount, the series that we looked at in 2021, Jesus says this, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received the reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. When you fast is mentioned twice in this short paragraph. It's something Jesus expects us to do. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. Matthew chapter 9, verses 14 and 15. After Jesus has been taken away physically from his disciples, then they will be expected to fast. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? If yes, then you are still called to fast. So who is called to fast? As I've just said, if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, then you are called to fast. All of God's children are called to fast. And when I say children, I do mean children as well. Maybe not babies, not toddlers, but children that are old enough for, for them to understand what it's all about. You see this throughout the Old Testament where it was the whole of Israel was called to fast, children included. Those that can understand an explanation of teaching, those are the children when they're old enough. So little Isaac, he's not quite old enough to be fasting. Okay. How many of you who were brought up in Christian homes were taught and trained in fasting? How many? I bet very few. Yeah, very, very few. Of you brought up in Christian homes, we taught on fasting. It's never been a popular subject. You know, I don't know why. You know, it's never been a popular subject. But we are all called to fast. And we have a, a pastor friend um, who says, when the Bible says all, it means all, whether it's in Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, whatever, whatever language is it, all means all. Those that have specific medical conditions, or ladies who are pregnant, or breastfeeding are excused from fasting. Now, I wouldn't expect somebody who's suffering with anorexia to be fasting. 
So if you've got a medical condition that excludes you from fasting, then don't fast. But that doesn't, that, that's, it's a very small number of people that aren't really allowed to fast for medical reasons. And even people that have issues with, with diets and whatnot, where they, they have irritable, irritable bowel syndrome or something like that, there's ways for them to fast as well. They can fast. So all are expected, except pregnant ladies and those that are breastfeeding. It's not, not a good time for you to be fasting. You are excused. Thirdly, when do we fast? Now, don't believe that God wants us to fast ritualistically. That just leads to bondage and smacks of religion. Religious fasting is just that, religious, not led by the Holy Spirit. I do believe that a way of training oneself and the family to set aside specific days for fasting, be it once a week or once a fortnight or even once a month to start off with, is, is good, and you need to begin somewhere in practicing fasting. Do this as a form of training so that when you are called to fast for longer than one day, it won't be totally alien to you and your family. So the best answer to when do we fast is when you feel God calling you or prompting you to fast and or when you feel you need to seek God's face on an issue. Or when God speaks to the leadership team of the church about the whole church fasting, be it the local church, here, us as Grace Vineyard, if we feel as a leadership team that we need to go into a time of fasting with prayer, um, we will say that's something we really feel we need to do, and we'll ask you to do, do it. Sometimes, like we get at the beginning of the year, John and Debbie invite the, leadership, the, the leaders, the senior pastors, and the pastors of the churches to have a time of prayer and fasting, 21 days, and we feel that's really important. To start off the way. Sometimes there's a universal call where there's prophetic voices around the world just all coming up with, guys, it's, a time, it's time to fast. That doesn't happen that often. More, it's more regional where you'll find something like that happens where it's in a nation. You'll find the leadership of, of the churches begin to say, it's time to fast, it's time to fast. And that'll happen. But it can happen. So the best time to fast is when God calls us to fast. But also it's something good to practice if you can, on a weekly basis, practice fasting. So how do we fast? In Scripture, we see three different types of fasts. The first one is a total fast, where we eat and drink nothing. Second one is what they call a normal fast. Nothing to eat but water or something to drink. Thirdly, a partial fast, where eating and drinking only certain foods or not eating certain meals of the day. So let's have a look at these three types of fasts. The first one, a total fast. This normally would not last longer than three days. You wouldn't fast for longer than three days, a total fast of no, no food, no water, because it's not good for your body. Doctors will tell you that. And we see this in Scripture. It was three days. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. Esther 
chapter 4, verses 15 to 17. The time of the, the Jews were under threat, and Mordecai had heard about this attack that was coming to the Jews, and he said, we need to do something. And go to the king. Esther, go to the king as queen. You can do that. But uh, she said, let's fast. Get all the Jews to fast. And they did. And if you've read the book, you know the outcome. Um, there are other references as well to fasting for, th for three days in Scripture, but we don't have time to look at them now. So that's a total fast. The second one is a normal fast. This is where you eat nothing but drink only water, or maybe a juice or something like that, but normally a normal fast is water only. You can do this for up to 40 days. Physically, you can do it for up to 40 days. Beyond that, you start destroying your body. You start harming yourself. Yes, you will lose a lot of weight, but you will not damage your body, and medical science agrees with this. When we were in Malawi, there was a, a Baptist missionary uh, pastor. He and I used to run the Cub Scouts at the primary school, and he was a, a little bit larger than what I was, and John, John was a wonderful man, I mean, incredibly godly man, and God called him to a time of, of 40 days of, of prayer and fasting, water only. And he did that, and over time you just saw, you know, I didn't know it was happening until about the second or third week that he was into it, because suddenly, like, John's lost a lot of weight. And I thought maybe it was just because he realized he was overweight, he needed to lose it. But then asked him, and he said, no, busy fasting, God's called me to a time of 40 days. He didn't, didn't announce it or anything like that, but when I asked him, then he was free to share it with me. And, yeah, he reduced in size drastically. But... Uh, and he was okay after 40 days, physically fine. We've already seen that Jesus fasted for 40 days and nights in Matthew 4, verses 1 and 2. And then he was hungry, but not thirsty. So he was drinking, just not eating. Now please remember that if you fast, especially long fasts, it must be at the leading of our Heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit. Don't do it just because you want to lose weight. If you want to lose weight, change your eating plan and exercise habits, if that's your goal. Okay. Don't use fasting as, as a way of doing it. Um, you will lose weight when you fast, but that's not the aim. Your aim is to hear from God. So thirdly is the partial fast. This is where you eat and drink certain things only. This is not one of those fad diets, but being led by the Lord, you give up certain foods. Daniel is a great example of someone who did a partial fast. And you might hear people talking about doing a Daniel fast. If you know the story of Daniel, right in the beginning, Daniel and his friends refused to eat the fancy food and drink the wine from the king's table while they were undergoing their three years of training. Instead, they only ate vegetables and drank only water. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar. Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotion at all until the three weeks were over. Daniel chapter 10, verses 1 and 3. But if you read the beginning of Daniel, you'll Read the story of him where, for the three years of training, they only had vegetables and none of the wine. So three weeks of no choice food, no meat, no wine. 
And this is why people often do a three-week Daniel fast, where they only eat vegetables and drink only water. Sometimes fruit juice is taken instead of just water. Another type of partial fast, which we don't really see in Scripture, but often in church history, is where a meal is skipped. And a number of the great men and women, when I say great, I'm talking people that we recognize and understand as people who have made, had an influence in the church, uh, that, that have influenced us and they've brought about change within the church. Many of these great men, men and women of God were, who were used during revivals or in intercession would miss either a midday or an evening meal and spend that time in prayer. And this was done almost daily, not just once a week or, or once or twice a week. It was a, a daily thing where they would miss a meal a day in that time of fasting. And they would set aside that time to be in the Lord's presence, waiting on Him. <clears throat> Jill and I do a Daniel-type fast. Um, so we will be doing a Daniel-type fast during these 11 days. And we'd love to encourage you to join us in doing that. It might be challenging, but I believe it'll be worth it. So ask God how He wants you to fast and which way He wants you to fast. So fifthly, why do we fast? We fast to bring our bodies, our flesh, under the authority of our spirit, for our spirit guides us. God communicates with us spirit to spirit, Holy Spirit to our spirit. That's how God communicates to us, His Holy Spirit to our spirit. And so when we, when we fast, we bring our bodies under the control of our spirit. If our body controls us, then we're not being led and guided by the spirit. Now, how many of us eat just because we want to, not because we must? I know I'm one of those people. You know, people ask me. <laughs> yes, I know one other here who is, is like that as well. Um, you can eat any time. I mean, I do that. There's times where, with, my, with my, my job that I do, apart from leading the church, is I can be up at all sorts of ungodly hours of the morning and head off to work. You might be starting work at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'll be up. I always get up, and I'll always have breakfast, unless it's on one of the days when Jill and I are fasting. I'll always have breakfast, and I'll talk to some of the guys at work, and they're moaning at about 7 o'clock in the morning that they're hungry. I said, well, didn't you have breakfast before you got up? No, I can't eat that early. You know, I say to them, well, you don't have to be hungry to eat. You know, you can just eat. Yeah. And Jan, you agree with me? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So I can eat at any time. It doesn't bother me. But there's times when it's, when it's fasting. If I don't have breakfast, I'm good for the day. I can go the whole day without having to eat. And so it's a discipline. So it's easy. I just have to make sure that I don't have breakfast on a day that I'm fasting, and then I'm good to go. So why do we fast? Because God has called us and instructed us to fast. God wants to speak to us. But we are so caught up with the things of this world that we never make time to hear from Him. And we don't want to have that. We're so caught up in the worldly things and the things of our day that we don't set a time aside for God. God calls us to set time aside for Him. Where we subject the will of our body, the desire for food, to the will of the Spirit. To commune with God to spend time with God in prayer, listening and talking to God. And I think it's one of the things that we as a church are doing really well in our prayer is listening to God first before we begin talking. 
It's been nearly two years now that we've been doing that in our, in our monthly prayer meetings where we wait on God. And it's the same thing in our, in our private prayer lives. We should be doing that as well, waiting on God, hearing from Him, and then speaking to Him. So we do that when we fast. It helps us to do that. So why do we fast in times of crises? We fast then to hear from God and get His perspective on things, to call out to Him, for Him to rescue us from what is threatening us threatening us, be it a famine, a disease, a drought, a flood, war, political, economic disaster. I mean, the king called a day of prayer and fasting during World War II, and, and the war turned after that day of prayer and fasting. There was a real impact on that. The, the, the battle for Britain was under, you know, it was an intense time where Germans were really bombarding Britain, and the king called a day of prayer and fasting. And there was a turn in the, the, the war at that stage. When that happened, there was a, a shift, a momentum shift, because white people submitted themselves to God, and they called out to God, and God heard them. So in times of crisis, that's when we fast, when we hear from God. And we, it's not to twist God's arm, to change what's happening in our lives. It's more to submit ourselves to God at that time and gain some understanding of what's happening in, in that crisis. And why do we fast in good times? In good times, we fast to hear from God and to not become complacent, to seek His face and know His will, to be a blessing. That's why we fast, to be a blessing. And we fast to set the captives free. You can read Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 to 21. Um, to read more about it, but I'm going to read something from the Old Testament now. Is it not this kind of fasting I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter, when you see the naked to clothe him, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. Isaiah 58, verses 6 to 9. If you want to read right from the beginning of Isaiah 58, it's a wonderful chapter on, on fasting. Fasting is not just about giving up food and drink, but it's also about providing for and blessing those who are needy, and oppressed. When we fast, we use the time we would be eating to be in the presence of the Lord, to have Him lead and guide us, and to hear Him speak to us, and for us to speak to Him, which is also known as prayer. We spend time praying. Let's now look at Thy Kingdom Come, which is focused on prayer. Prayer and fasting go hand in hand. Fasting and prayer go hand in hand. I know we should have spoken about this over a month ago in preparation for, for this time, for this coming week. But unfortunately, we were a bit distracted with having to go to South Africa. We hadn't quite got our heads around it before we left for South Africa. So, there is a, a Thy Kingdom Come app that you can download for your phones, and it's brilliant. I would recommend you do it, because there's so much on it 
that'll help you focus and pray. There's daily things that'll come up every day. There will be things coming up on there, or what you pray for that day. So that's happening globally. Globally, whatever the, the prayer points are for that day is happening around the world. You can pray. So I think it really is, is good. There's also a website, and I'll encourage you to look at that. Um, what started in 2016 as an invitation from the Archbishops of Canterbury and York to the Church of England has grown into an international and ecumenical call to prayer. And this is an extract from their website. Thy Kingdom Come is a global ecumenical prayer movement that invites Christians around the world to pray from Ascension to Pentecost for more people to come to know Jesus. That's the main focus praying for people to come to know Jesus. That's what Jesus told us to do, the Great Commission, go and make disciples. Since it began in May 2016, God has grown thy kingdom come from a dream of possibility into a movement which unites more than a million Christians in prayer in nearly 90% of countries worldwide across 85 different denominations and traditions so that friends and family, neighbors and colleagues might come to faith in Jesus Christ. And this ties up with the prayer points that we pray every week, where we're praying for our neighbors, our streets, our neighborhood. It ties in with that. Those of us who are praying for family members, this is an intensive time of prayer for that. Every person, household, and church are encouraged to pray during the 11 days in their own way. It is our hope and prayer that those who have not yet heard the good news of Jesus Christ and his love for the world will hear it for themselves and respond and follow him. Specifically, we again invite each and every Christian across the globe to pray that God's Spirit might work in the lives of five people who have not yet responded with their yes to God's call. Whether you have joined in Thy Kingdom Come before or not, we invite you to take part in it. In praying Thy Kingdom Come, we all commit to playing our part in the renewal of the nations and the transformation of communities. Archbishop Justin Welby. On the, on the app, there's a page for you to write in or type in the, the, the names of the five people that you are praying for, just in case you forget. You know, because, I mean, many of us have more than five people that we're praying for, but in this time, pick five specific people and be praying for them. So put it into the app and do it. So I want to encourage you to do that. I trust this has helped you to understand why we are calling the church, Grace Vineyard, to 11 days of fasting and pray. We join in with, as they say, millions of others around the world praying for the lost. The Great Commission, we want to see it happen. We want to see it come, come about, and it's a great time. To, um, on um, Pentecost Sunday, we'll see that's when the, the Holy Spirit was poured out and the church was birthed. So we're praying now for more people to come in to that experience of knowing God as Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as their Savior who died on the cross for them, the Holy Spirit has come to meet them, to, to bring them into his kingdom. So let's be doing that. Let's pray. Father, I know you love this world. You've proved that to us by sending your son Jesus to live and die for us, each and every one of us, those in this room, those who are watching this online, and those in the world who maybe have never heard of you, have never seen anything of you or your church, your kingdom, you died for each one of those people. And Jesus, you said you're only coming back once everyone has heard. 
the good news about you. And how is that going to happen if we don't tell anyone? We don't share the good news with them. If we aren't praying for them, if we aren't lifting them up before your throne of grace and mercy. So Lord, we want to commit to, to this in these coming week, week and a half, to join in with people around the world in praying for five specific people over and above those that we pray for regularly, Lord. To see them come into your kingdom. For them to know you, Jesus, as Lord and Savior. So, Father, prompt our hearts now as to how we are to fast. Not if, but how. And lead us and guide us during this time. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So, some questions. First one, do you fast regularly? If not, what prevents you? And let's be honest about it at the table. Huh? What one thing could you change in your life to be able to spend more time praying and fasting? And if there's more than one thing you can think about, don't be shy to share that, but is there one thing? And then pray for one another to be able to commit to this time of prayer and fasting. Okay. Thank you to those who are watching online. Um, trust that you would think about it as well and uh, join us in this time of prayer and fasting starting on Thursday. For those of you in the room, you're around the tables, begin to chat. Amen.